sick moment. On February 9th, 2018, Dwayne Wade returned to the Miami Heat after a season and a half with the Bulls and Cavaliers. In the midst of a playoff race, the Heat players and fans were ecstatic to have the franchise's prodigal son return. And Dwayne Wade, for the first time since Game 7 against Toronto two years ago, is back in a Heat uniform. But as Wade took off his warm-ups, he didn't reveal the Heat's classic black, red, and gold palette, but instead, pink, blue, and white. Still, they were Miami's colors just the same. And I'm definitely excited to be back. Um, and um, the jersey and the colors fit, so. <laughs> Wait for three. Come on! He's back! Color is evocative. From the first row to the cheap seats, all the way through the television hundreds of miles away, fans can find their players with ease and identify compatriots rooting just like them. Teams like the Red Sox or the Cleveland Browns identify themselves through color. And when fans are asked to show their passion for their squad, they'll tell you, I bleed team colors. This is The Narrative. I'm Harry Swartout. I'm a bit of a Jersey aficionado. I have 36 in my closet right now, but none of them look like the Heat's Vice jersey. Featuring a bold laser fuchsia and gale blue palette, the uni stands apart from most jerseys and harkens back to NBC's neon-drenched 80s television show, Miami Vice. 5,000 street corners in greater Miami, and Gumby here's gotta pick ours. But in reality, the colors are much closer to the Heat's heart than any TV program. The whole purpose of it was that these colors define Miami. That's Brett Maurer, the designer of the Miami Heat's Vice jersey. There's a reason that when everybody thinks of pink and blue, they think of Miami and they think of the nightlife and they think of the beaches and they think of the Art Deco hotels. In the 1980s, Miami was experiencing a renaissance, embodied by the return of the vibrant properties and bright neon lights that had attracted tourists to the area in the early part of the century. There's one place where colors and people best come together, Miami Beach. Due in part to that resurgence, the city was granted an NBA expansion franchise that became the Miami Heat. As the first season began in 1988, fans climbed the steps of Miami Arena and were met with a huge pink and blue neon sign. When we were in the design phase and we had different versions of Heat and different versions of Miami. That's the Heat's chief of creative and content, Jen Alvarez. Somewhere in that process, came the idea to incorporate the Miami arena mark into it because then that does pay off our history and it does celebrate our fans who have been there and they were at our first game in that building. Gathering on the inside of Miami arena where the home standing heat are all set to host the Atlanta Hawks. I'm too young to remember but blue and pink have been part of Miami Heat lore for just as long as red, gold, and black. What I see as a fresh, modern choice, playing off current color trends, true Heat fans see as an appeal to nostalgia. It can be history and nostalgia, make people identify or relate to colors of certain sports teams. 
That's Stephen Bleicher, professor at Coastal Carolina University and author of the book Contemporary Color, Theory and Use. The Mets, for example, the blue and orange, I don't think anybody could think about the Mets without those two colors. And we even use colors in team names, the Red Sox, the White Sox, etc. So this whole idea that we, after a while, identify teams by their color, teams don't tend to change it very often. And that's because that brand identity is so strong. And a great way to develop strong brand identity is with strong colors. Vibrant shades hold fast both in the fabric of the jersey and in the minds of the fans. There are a number of things that really make a sports team's colors really work well and make them successful. One of the first is the drama. You want vibrant color. We don't think of soft, muted colors. We think of very saturated bright, intense color. And the second thing is using contrasting color. So if we think about a traditional color wheel, red and green are opposite each other, blue and orange, violet and yellow, and many teams have those as part of their colors. Again, the Mets use orange and blue, the Vikings with their purple and yellow. So there's a number of things that really tie into it. The number of things that tie into having a successful color palette only increase with the expansion of objects that have to be just the right shade, tint, and hue. Modern sports teams don't just have their color on their jerseys. They have it on their cleats, helmets, bats, stadium seats, signs, and an ever-expanding plethora of branded materials. We employ some very, very smart people whose job literally revolves around color, matching color, and defining color. That's Adam Clement, Senior Creative Director of Team Sports for Under Armour. Calibrating color, they have all these metrics and all these systems that produce all these numbers that drive home the ability to make sure that colors are always standardized and always matched. Getting just the right color can be incredibly difficult when the team itself doesn't know what their color is. Even with Pantone and hex codes attempting to make color production more formulaic, some nuances get lost in translation. Over the course of the last 100 years, manufacturers have changed, techniques have changed, and fabrics have changed. And so by nature of that, the color has in time shifted. And it's not something that's been done intentionally, but if you look back at the annals of time, like we did with UCLA or Wisconsin, what we do is we ask them to identify an article that is the truest representation of the color they think they are, and then we go ahead and match that color exact. And then from that point forward, everything that's created is based on that color. But what's interesting, and I'll talk specifically about Wisconsin for a moment, is that their brand PMS, so the things that they produce all their collateral material for, was very, very different than the actual color red that showed up on the field of play. So we had to have a conversation over print materials versus on-field materials and things like that to make sure that we hit a red that is the truest representation of the university. Picking the color that's the truest representation of a team is harder than it sounds. Sometimes it comes down to seeing the colors in a new light. 
there are various light boxes around campus and the light box has different settings and so you can set it to, to daylight, you can set it to different light parameters depending on what you're striving for. We do go the extra mile and we do, we'll do TV testing at times or we'll test it inside of a gym because the lighting is different. We'll test it at noon versus two o'clock versus four o'clock. You know, the, the, the direction of the sun, the, the, where it is in the sky has a direct impact as well on color. So you're testing all those different things. So you can be confident when your color shows up in that big, big moment, it's shown up accurately. And the color doesn't just have to look good. It has to function. The reason teams have contrasting colors is so that fans and broadcasters can identify who is making the plays, even at a distance. Several years ago, we were doing a wounded warrior jersey for the University of South Carolina. It was just a very, very big deal, and, and we created this beautiful design story around the wounded warriors, but we did it in the colors of South Carolina, and those colors are deep. I had this number done that was black with some silver, and it sat on a garnet jersey. And when we created it, we felt on paper, it, was, it looked really nice and the contrast was high enough. And we had tested it in the sun, but at a very particular time, we tested it at noon. The game didn't kick off until the late afternoon, so I believe it was a three or four o'clock kickoff. And so the, where the sun was in the South Carolina sky at that time cast a very specific shadow onto the uniform. And so those numbers, which were very apparent on my computer screen, a little bit less apparent in our office and in our light box, became really difficult to see at, at, with a setting sun in the South Carolina sky. And then once you added sweat to it, the numbers became deeper and deeper to the point that they were almost impossible to see. In, in the end, this, the, the team had to change our uniform because they couldn't wear it during the game because the numbers weren't contrast enough for the, for the referees to be able to notice it. Yeah, sometimes you, you think you have something that's a masterpiece and then when you see it in real life, it's a disaster. Increased visibility through stark contrast helps with numbers and uniforms, sure. But it also helps with things like challenge and penalty flags, referee uniforms, and important sections of the field. Bright colors may even be able to increase performance on the field. I don't understand why we don't change the color of the ball in a specific sports more. You know, Toys for Kids have it in very bright colors. Why does the baseball have to be white? Would another color ball show up better and maybe liven up the game more, maybe even get more hits possibly? If you could see the ball better, could you hit it better? Would there be more offense? Colors don't just determine a player's ability to see. They can also influence their state of mind. A study done at the 2004 Athens Olympics showed judo athletes randomly assigned red as their color scored higher than their counterparts wearing blue because referees viewed the red wearers as being more aggressive. But sometimes being seen as aggressive can be a hindrance. Another color that's had a really interesting effect is black. Uh, black is seen as a very aggressive color. And one of the interesting things is when the Pittsburgh Penguins years back changed over to their black uniforms, they started to rack up penalties. The referees gave more penalties to players dressed in black than they did any other color. The Oakland Raiders always had this reputation as being one of the most penalized teams. And it never occurred to me why until I started to study color and realized it was the referees in many cases probably being affected by the players wearing the black jerseys. 
black and red being seen as aggressive comes from human survival instinct. Attacking animals flush red, and poisonous animals are often black and yellow. However, some color connotations are simply societal. Major four sports teams have utilized almost every color in the spectrum in the past 100 years, but there's one color you won't find on almost any jersey, pink. Despite the slick Miami mark and the cool blue accents, it was this seemingly taboo color that really caught my eye. But it hasn't always been that way. Pink was Penn State's first school color in 1890, and everyone wore pink through World War II. It was only in the later half of the 20th century that Western culture designated pink as a color for girls. As pink's meaning changed, it developed a calming effect on players that teams wanted to avoid. Historically and culturally in the West especially, pink has had a history of emasculation. One of the, the famous stories regarding pink is the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. Their coach, uh, Hayden Fry, took their locker rooms and the first year he just painted them pink. And so when opposing teams came in and now were surrounded by pink, he thought that that would give his team an advantage. And it worked so well that he convinced the university in its second year to take out all of the sinks and the toilets and everything and put in pink bathroom fixtures. Recently, teams have been more open to using pink in their uniforms on Mother's Day, or during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But the Miami Heat Vice jersey is really the first to feature the color. The Heat didn't worry about pink's connotation, and the feedback from the fans has been extremely positive, even before the jerseys officially released. Around Christmas time, other City Edition uniforms started leaking from probably employees at stores taking pictures of stuff on their own cell phone and posting it. And when it was leaked, you know, we collectively talked about it and said, no, let them let talk, let them debate whether or not it's real because the reception in the leak was so positive that we didn't need to go out there and say and legitimize it. We didn't need to do anything. It was more exciting to let people just kind of feed their own frenzy so that when we did debut something, people lost their mind. The jerseys sold out within days and as of this recording, are on back order. That kind of demand for fresh looks encourages teams to experiment with new colors. If you have to consistently sell jerseys, there needs to be something new to get customers to continue to buy. Savvier teams are looking to European soccer clubs for inspiration. It's become a business, right? And so the sales, the retail replica sales for European football clubs is enormous. And so the, the change of color creates this new buying opportunity season over season over season. And so when we sign those clubs, you know, one of our big challenges is to find reasons to put different colors into those, into those rotations of uniforms because every uniform there, there's an expectation that the life cycle is one year. In America, the NFL has tried to expand jersey sales with the Color Rush, which offers new styles in familiar hues. But the NBA City Edition has taken a step further, expanding the palette of jersey colors beyond the team's original scheme there's an ever-increasing market for alternate color apparel, from red, white, and blue Independence Day jerseys to baseball hats in all colors of the rainbow, which I have to say I'm not a fan of. But according to Adam Clement, it's perfectly understandable that I despise Dayglo Yankees hats while the Vice jerseys have me lining up at my local sporting goods store. 
when we create an alternate color story, it's always based on something bigger than us sitting in the office and saying, wow, what would look different on the field of play, you know, this coming Saturday? It's, it's always based on this research and with a bigger message in mind. We have a motto and it's on a wall here at our design studio that says no art for art's sake. Art is very, very subjective, and we deal with sports, and sports, <laughs> everyone has a passion for sports like none other. So when you combine the sort of subjective nature of art and the passion for sport, you have this volatile concoction. And if you don't ground what you do and what you create in a story, it, it creates an opportunity for someone to really, really have a problem with it. Color is a shortcut to stories, to emotions, to understanding, to connection. Without words or logos or crests, colors can say everything sports fans need to know and more. The way that color becomes so closely tied to a team and the way that that team becomes so closely tied to like the way a person lives and breathes and their happiness and how close it is to their heart, it is such an amazing thing to me. Color is, is the most powerful thing in sports because you can turn on a football game and you don't need, even need to see the team's name or their logo. You just see their color and you can know who they are. I love the idea of things that are iconic, you know, things where you know what it is before you even know what it is. And color in sport is that very thing. Special thanks for this episode of The Narrative goes out to Brett Maurer, Jen Alvarez and the Miami Heat, Stephen Bleicher, Professor of Visual Arts at Coastal Carolina University, Adam Clement and Under Armour, and Paul Lucas. You can tweet about the show using the hashtag SINarrative. I'm at Harry Swartout on Twitter. If you like the show, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It'll help get the narrative in front of more people. Or you could just tell a friend. And as always, for more narratives moving the world of sport, log on to SI.com.